You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D Ray Brinson, and you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by the SonicBreakdown.com. So today we're going to have another um, a special episode of uh, the Jay-Z Footnotes. And here's the conclusion for The Death of Ego. Um, so we've spoken for the person who has ego. We've spoken from that perspective. Um, but in terms of the perspective of the listener, right, of the, of the sheep, if you will, right, of the person who's listening to that person with the ego, um, if, if you're getting in front of me and, and, and you're talking about a topic or a subject or a field and you don't sound confident, I'm not going to believe in you, right? If you don't believe in yourself, I'm not rocking with you. First comes, you know what I'm saying, you're, you know, you have to believe in what you're saying in order to get me to believe it. And I think Donald Trump couldn't be a better example of that. 100% bullshit, but also 100% ego. And, you know, even though what he's coming with is bullshit and his lies, because he speaks from from such a place of bravado, people are rocking with him. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of nuance there. There's a lot of prejudice and, and all these different issues happening in America, for, for sure, right? There's no denying that. But that ego is what gets him over that finish line. And, you know what I'm saying, it's because he's speaking from such a place of confidence, from such a place of, again, just simply ego, that people are like, I'm rocking with him, even though what he's saying is bullshit. Now, he could be saying the same exact words, but from a place of less confidence. And I think he wouldn't be in a place where he's at. But that ego, man, that ego is powerful, particularly when we talk particularly when you're talking to sheep, which is what unfortunately most of us are. Because we haven't been taught to to think outside the box and to question what we've heard. So most of us are sheep, and when you have someone who's coming with ego, you just ride along with it. And what I'll say is, and and I don't want to get off too far of a tangent in the political realm, but I would say in this case, I feel if you're, I think you're oversimplifying and you're giving some of his supporters too much, I don't want to say credit or lack of credit. And what I mean by that is, I do agree that, yes, some of the people are encompassed and mesmerized by his ego and his bravado. But I think more of it is the fact that he's saying things that they agree with. Because I think if he was saying the exact opposite of what he's saying, with the same bravado, the same uh, gusto, the same um, ferocity, I don't think those same people that are supporting him now would be supporting him. If he was up there saying with the same bravado, the same ego saying Black Lives Matter, those people that are supporting him now would still not. So I think it's more than just ego. So I, I do agree with you. It is some of that, but I also think it's a lot more nuanced in those other issues that we were talking about. But I, I don't want to to vary from this topic too much in, in the political realm. Um, if you guys have something you want to comment on that, but I did want to kind of um, move it to... Uh, to similar of what you were saying is, but of can you survive without your ego? Can you survive in this world that we currently live in, in the atmosphere, the climate, without an ego? So 
I'm going to answer that as well as I'm going to touch on a little bit what our brother Aleph was saying earlier by kind of giving a story and then you'll understand by the end. So um, growing up, I, I, was a, I was a band geek. So when you start as a band geek, people don't realize is you got to start from a horrible place. When you start with any instrument, no matter how good you initially are, you're going to sound crappy a little bit while you're going to play wrong notes. You're going to have struggle and do things. And the first time you ever have to give a true performance, you're, you're not going to ever feel ready. You're going to go in front of people and potentially be by yourself in front of an audience of probably your family, friends, and some of the schools, some of the school parents. And you know that everyone's listening to just you. So if you make a mistake, because that's all you're thinking about the first time. The first time you ever go out there, I'm going to make a mistake and you're terrified of it. But when you go out there, especially if you do good that first time, you stop worrying about it as much. It's still there, but it, it, it loosens, as well as if you make a mistake. Because especially when you play something like an instrument, unless you make a horrible mistake, most of the audience won't know. So it, it starts to lessen that as well as increase your ego, and, but still give you the humility depending on what side you're at. If you're always at that positive side, like like if we were talking about the Donald Trump c capacity, where everything always looks good every time you get on stage, to you nothing has ever been a mistake. So you just have that confidence booster. You just have that I know I'm awesome, and then everything that everyone's showing you boosts that part of your ego that I am the epitome of greatness. And so when you start feeling that all the time, it it gives you a certain air of, of ignorance and confidence, but it. If you do it right, it's also a blend of charisma because if you look at the psychological aspect of any person, they love somebody that's confident and is sure of what they say, even if they're wrong. It still makes people feel good about that. So when we talk about that part, that's one. And then the other side of the one that actually sometimes fails or sometimes make a mistake, even if they don't know. Because as a person that plays, I've made a mistake on stage, but the only people that knew were actually the people that could play. But that's not everybody. So you still got some of that, okay, I made a mistake. It makes the blow easier to overcome. And so what I'll say is about surviving, um, I, I don't think you can survive without your ego. I think in this world that we live in, I, I think it's impossible to survive without your ego. But I think it is about balance, and I think it is about, well, like, like I say with most things, I say I got it from my soul, life's about balance. JC said it at the same time as as well as that you're going to need your ego at some point. There's going to be points where you need your ego to step in for you and not necessarily step in for you, but in the example of a, a performer, you need your ego to get you on that stage. As a basketball player, when you win those clutch moments, you need your ego to say, I believe I can make this shot in order for you to have the confidence in yourself and the muscle memory that you've known you practice this shot enough that you can make the shot. You have to get out of your own mind and allow your body to do what is you know it can do and will do if you allow your ego to push you and it can hinder you, but you have to have that balance to do both. And that's partly why I gave that story because that was um, the concept of developing the ego because I don't think you can actually live in this world as a grown person or a person that's developing without an ego because as a child, you can, you can have that blank slate where you have to develop it one side or another, but it will develop. It either have that negative or that positive side because once you get to the age of actually having to make your own decisions, you have to make your own uh, mark on the world, it's impossible to survive without ego because if you have no confidence in yourself, if you have no ability to feel that you are worth something, this is when we get these people that have severe depression. This is when you get people that don't want to live because they can't see the, 
the the love in themselves, the strength in themselves, the the pride in something they do. This is why performance comedians and all this they make a large majority of their life about the craft that they got. They get praised for. This is why doctors like wearing their coats and making sure people know they're doctors because it feeds their ego. It helps them balance their life to show that their life is worth something. I, you know, I, I want to add another layer here as as we discuss ego. Um, I, th- I think ego is relative. And I'm, I'm going to throw a big curveball in here and say that, you know, for, for certain individuals, ego is not necessary and it's, it's really valid in it not being necessary. If what makes you tick, if what brings you happiness, if, if what allows you to function in this world has nothing to do with ego, I think that's perfectly fine. And what I mean by that is, it, you know what I'm saying, if you're someone who in, in gets joy from just simply taking care of your kids, from simply going to your kids' ball games, from simply doing whatever job you feel you need to do, and there's no ego involved, you're, you're second, you're third in your company, or you're, you're, you're behind the scenes. If, if, if you're content doing that, if you're happy doing that, and what brings you joy is really when you come home and, and take care of your kids and, and provide for your family, I think that's fine. I think that, you know, when you are in a situation where you don't need to be number one or you don't need to be heard or you don't need to be in a situation where you're leading people, not having ego at all is just fine. And, you know, kind of speaking what was discussed earlier in terms of being an introvert, you know, I think the best place to be is number two or number three. Because when you're number one and when you're leading, people are gunning for you. There's a lot of criticism that comes. There's a lot of stress that comes with being number one. There's a lot of peace. Heavy lays the crown. Head that lays the crown. Right, right. There's a lot of peace and bliss that comes with being number two or three or just working behind the scenes and getting shit done but not getting any recognition. Um, and, and, you know, ultimately being in a situation where you're so secure and you're so happy with your being that you don't need to be in a situation where ego, your ego in, or in terms of how you're being perceived is important. And I think there's validity to that. There's definitely validity to that. Hey world, we wanted to take a quick break from this episode to remind my woke folks about a friend slash a family of the podcast, Andrea, who has her own podcast. She has a great podcast to check out called Unsupervised Adulting. If you haven't given it a listen, go right after this episode of on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud to do so. If you have heard it, then you're already ahead of the game. But you can leave her a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Andrea is a funny person who definitely gives truthful and interesting perspectives, as she says on previous Stay Woke Podcast episodes, that she is trying to figure this life thing out. You can listen to Andrea on Unsupervised Adulting by clicking the link in the description or visiting her website. Now back to our scheduled program. Hey, this is Spence. Uh, Brother Tilf, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's, that's actually well, <laughs> I was, I was going to be going in, in that direction. I think there's two answers to your question. Um, it's if you want to be successful or very successful, I think you have to have an ego. If you want to be happy, you, don't, you have to get rid of your ego. I think that's how you truly attain uh, happiness. And that's something that's explored, in, I believe, in a lot more uh, Eastern religions and traditions. Uh, they really explore basically in meditation, breaking down the ego, like looking at yourself, what is self, and then, you know, reflecting and then de- like destroying that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So to put this in another way, 
in terms of being successful, you can use your ego to drive you. So I'll give an example. Kanye West is someone I, I, I believe he has, you know, a very big ego or someone who, who uses ego to drive him in many of his cases. It's, he's even it's, said it in his uh, I use my self-esteem. Yeah, he uses self-esteem. He said it before. To power my dreams, yeah. And that's literally, I mean, he's propelled himself to the world stage in many cases. But I don't believe that's really made him happy. I don't, no. I don't believe he, he's in a necessarily a better place than he was in, when he was like living in Chicago or living in these other places. And it was just him, you know, working on beats or something. I don't think he's, he's happy despite all the success, despite uh, all the, uh, the adoration for him, the celebrating for him, despite all the money and, and, you know, his high profile family and the things he's done. I don't think he's, ha- I don't think he's ever at peace. And I think that comes across a lot in his music. In many cases, it's and you and this isn't really even relative just to Kanye. You've heard this from there's plenty of depressed rich people. You know, it, at some point, it's the money or the monetary or whatever that thing that you believe was success. You attain that. Your mind does not allow you to. It doesn't shut off in there. You still want more because you haven't really grasped at what truly makes you happy. You thought that what it was, and then once you got it, you're looking still looking for the next thing. And I believe, um, really, if you want to be happy then all those things, you have to strip that away. You really have to strip that away. You have to reflect on that, and you really have to move to a place where you're not being defied, uh, defining yourself, particularly by just you know, some of these emotions, by being overconfident, by being humble, by being these things. You exist as you are and in relation to the rest of the world, and then you respond in, in that manner. So it's really one of those things where you kind of have to make that choice is what, what do you really want? And I believe even Jay-Z was touching on that with Kill Jay-Z, Jay-Z embodied success. He embodied the hustler mentality. Get money. Get money. He, gain power. He, gain power influence. and influence. He's exuded all these qualities in terms of being a trendsetter. He's exuded all these things. And he's been praised, you know, for, for all the talents that he has. But I don't believe that was necessarily for him, even as when you say Kill Jay-Z. Why would you say that at 44? Because you have a new perspective at this age than you did when you were at 22. And he had it as the initial track, setting the tone for the album, saying, as you said, you do have to either kill your ego or live with your ego. And it it is a divergent path of if you're on that road of success, your ego is most likely what's going to keep you going. It's what actors get when they get those rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection. It's their ego saying, you're still good enough. Continue doing it because you're going to get it. And when they do get that door, things continue to flow. But as you said, there is a point where that can only lead you to so much happiness. And like I said, with Jay-Z, he put that on the album saying, I had to kill this persona, this person that I been using and, and driving me to get to the point that I am now. Because as you said, I have the money, I have the influence, but I'm not happy. I'm not, I don't feel complete. And so he had to kill that ego to find himself, to have that self-reflection that you're talking about. So I do think that it is about balance, and then at some point, there is going to be another redistribution of determining that power and saying, you know what, ego, I don't need you anymore. You got me to where I needed to be. Like they say, there's people in your life for reasons, and then there's people in your life for seasons. You got to treat your ego that same way. Your ego can be there to push you, but at some point, you have to let it know that I don't need to be pushed anymore, if that's the life that you choose. I disagree with one part, but only one part, because I feel like we're only seeing the ego as 
a driving force for greed. Because when, when y'all keep saying ego, we're talking about getting money, getting getting drive. That doesn't always have to be what the ego is actually used for. When we, when we think about ego in a lot of different capacities, it can be used for a only a positive thing that does drive your happiness. For example, people have ego of, I love to travel the world where I'm going to see every aspect of the world. I'm going to see every aspect of what I am because I have that ability. And that part of that ego of have an open openness, adventurous can be a positive where it brings you happiness, it brings you joy. It's it's what the problem that I think most people have is their concept of success is driven by what they believe is the ego, but it's not. It's a, their their need for greed. When we think of, for example, Jay Z. Nas, as well as Luda, NTI, some of my favorite rappers have said before, when they when it was just about the rapping, they enjoyed their life more than when it became about the money. Mm. And I feel the ego drove them to become great rappers, but the greed drove them to become, you know, the successful monumentous of a person. I or, think people change change the ego concept to be more about success instead of about how what it's supposed to be. The ego itself is how I feel about myself. And I think we change that too often when we try to become successful. I think that's a good point. And I just want to say, I, I just something that you made me think of when you said that about, you know, that uh, they enjoyed being rapping and the art of rap and, and that that aspect of it. And then when they got to the money aspect. But I think it's more of the fact that their ego drove them to be the best rapper. Their talent told society that they're valued at this point then that value then began to overrun the ego that was driving rap and divert it towards gaining money. And that can be the blinding factor. And I do agree with what you're saying. And it is a valid point. And we, I might have to readdress what I was saying about the ego because the things you were saying too about, you know, being with my family, doing things for my community, things of that nature, that could still be considered ego driven because you are getting something out of it. It's again, there's no such thing as something that's not selfish. You do it because it gives you something. You don't do it because it doesn't give you nothing. So, you know, the, the feeling that you get from spending time with your daughter, that gives you happiness. So that might be your ego saying, driving you to that happiness of, of where you think you need to be. But it's all based on your perspective of what is driving your ego. So I think that might be even the more pressing or more important question is, what is driving your ego and how you determine or how you control what drives your ego? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the idea of ego is is really nuanced, and it's something that we haven't necessarily got into on this podcast. Yeah. Um, You know, because you can have an ego um, that drives you to do really superficial things and be a superficial figure and, you know, and and not necessarily do positive. However, you can also have an ego that, that, that allows you to do incredibly positive things for your community and for your society. For example, you can say, you know, I know exactly what's going on in my community and I'm getting ready to, to get, you know, 100, 200 or 300 or 1,000, uh, you know, minority women or people of color and we're getting ready to uplift some shit. God damn it. Right. But that's still ego. And, and, and to that extent, your ego is driving some really positive changes. Or you can say, I'm a good ass athlete or I'm a good ass artist or I'm a good ass you know whatever type of field or career that's going to make me a lot of money and I'm going to make a lot of money for myself right that ego drives both um 
But the impact on yourself and on your community and on on your society is totally different. That's real. So, you know, to that extent, ego is, I think ultimately, man, ego is necessary. But again, just to bring it back home, that balance is 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 everything. Ego without balance is 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 almost detrimental. Um, it's what you yeah. I think it, what you said it's what you focus on is what makes all the difference. So and and to even touch on um, uh, what Reddy was saying, it's how you apply. You know what you're doing in your life. You know, for you, you can be in some cases what what people would consider selfless. You know, feeding the homeless, doing community events, giving to other people, instead of worrying about taking, in many cases, or and or you could focus on would you, as you perceive yourself in terms of attaining, you know, uh, whatever monetary goods, whatever money, rich, however, whatever you you feel like is that successful thing. If it and to bring it, think of it as another way. We see. We see how that plays out right now on social media. You have people that have millions of followers on your Twitter and your Instagram, your, you know, and, and these other platforms where, I mean, complete strangers, they can reach out to you instantaneously, you know, just from the palm of their hand or, you know, or, or using on a computer or whatever. But that doesn't necessarily, what, what's the end game for that in a lot of cases? I don't, I don't feel like people really have exhibited that. And in many cases with kids, I'll say like teens, people that, have only grown up around social media and haven't really had an experience necessarily outside of that, they get really depressed around that because they, they tie their value system up with how many like likes or other things that, or how, how other people are perceiving them on social media. And that isn't necessarily even a, a real representation of their lives. You're only seeing, in many cases, just the highlights. You're seeing the best parts that, that you want to show to other people. That's not, they don't show the real grind most of the time, you know, or, you know, when you're doing boring stuff, you know, maybe you're eating or whatever. And because people are, are in such a, uh, feel like such a need now to, to show off or to, to let flex. everyone know, to flex, to let everyone else know that they're doing well or doing something, promote themselves, uh, to elevate themselves. They feel like that's going to give them success or they feel like they'll, they'll get happiness from that. And in many cases it's fleeting. And, and when we think about that in most psychological aspects, the thing about the ego on social media is, that like like uh, D-Ray said, as well as um, Spenton said, is it's that flexing mentality that gives you the endorphins, to which are the same chemical that make you feel happiness. But the thing that we, we don't realize is... is dopamine. When it, yeah, you know, endorphins, dopamine, anamine, and these, these several other ones. The thing we don't realize when it comes to small, short-term gain, when it comes to something like social media, or these superficial things. When, when it comes to, like, I just got a little bit of money, um, I just got more clothes, it gives you small levels of happiness, which drives your ego to a, only a small level, which means you, it's, it's like a drug. You got to constantly push more. You got to constantly push more. But you're only getting, like, a centimeter each time. But when you do things that are more, you know, intrinsic valued or uh, things that are more for the community, things that are more heart-giving, you know, that's why they say money ain't nothing. When you start giving back, your, your, your happiness changes because it's a larger shot. Instead of just being a centimeter, now it's 12 inches, where now that, that drug, it takes longer and longer for it to get out your system, so you're, you're feeling happier for longer periods of time, as well as your ego is constantly being thrilled. Like, I did something where this young lady, this person, this community now has something, even though they may not know it was me, but I know for a fact that I saved their lives. 
it's, it's that value that's worth so much more. And when you can find the right motivation, because like I was talking earlier with Spence, and one of the things I want to talk about is that your your ego has a lot to do with your morality, your your values, your other parts of your who who, who your being are. Because when you when you tie those in to your ego, your ego changes what drives it, what makes you want to become successful, even your concept of success and happiness. I think we talked about a lot of different aspects of ego and how it can affect you, how it can benefit you, and maybe um, rethink how you thought about ego. So definitely leave us comments, suggestions, ideas about what you thought about um, our discussion on ego and these foot this footnote series on Jay-Z. We'll give you uh, plenty more. We have many more in this series to come. So, you know, we have a new stable podcast every Friday, drops like clockwork every Friday. Uh, there will be a new podcast up on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, so definitely check us out and uh, give us a like. Definitely a five-star review would be uh, very much appreciated. But thank you again uh, for listening to another stable podcast. You know our motto, live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more, and we're out.